Hey guys, due to circumstances outside of our control, we were unable to record this week. But luckily, we had this bonus episode stored away. So I guess this officially becomes episode 60. Enjoy! The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of... Yeah, it's that bad. My name is Joel. I'm Martin. And I'm Kevin. This is the show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are brought in Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 2012's Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, directed by Neville Dean and Taylor, starring Nicolas Cage, Fergus Reardon, Ciaran Hines, Violante Placido, Idris Elba, Christopher Lambert, and Johnny Witt. Worth. Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is a 3D superhero film based on the Marvel Comics anti-hero Ghost Rider. It is the sequel to the 2007 film Ghost Rider and features Nicolas Cage returning to his starring role as Johnny Blaze. It also is the second film to be released under the Marvel Knights banner after 2008's Punisher Warzone. This film currently holds a 14% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Johnny Blaze, a man who made a deal with the devil who called himself Rourke at the time, is on the run, trying to make sure no one is harmed by his alter ego, the Ghost Rider. He is approached by a monk named Muro, who tells him that he can help be free of the Rider. But first, he needs Johnny's help to protect a boy whom Rourke has plans for. It's a really bad plot synopsis. <laughs> for a really bad movie. Okay, Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance. Now, we watched this movie a week ago, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, it was a fatal, fatal error that we didn't review it immediately. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> because this thing has already been erased from our hearts and minds. Yeah, our brain immune system has erased the memory so yeah. that it won't do any more scarring. <laughs> The longer we do this show, the stronger our immune system is getting. It's like, I, do either of you remember what Valentine's Day was about? No. Gone, right? <laughs> you know what? You know what else I is interesting? I noticed, I noticed that as we, after we started this show, if a movie is really, really terrible, I'll fall asleep. My brain will shut itself down. <laughs> yeah, so did either of you see the first one? Yep. Yeah. Well, how is it? I've never seen it. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's not unwatchable. This movie wasn't sure if it wanted to be a B movie movie or it wanted to be taken seriously and it just rendered itself completely unwatchable and ridiculous. Okay. Well, I've never seen it, so this is new to me. Although, I am a fan of Neville Dean and Taylor, Gamer, right. Crank, and all those other things. I like that guy. Kevin's not a fan whatsoever of, of these dudes. <laughs> I think that there's certain there's certain techniques in the way that they kind of like flip forward from their subject that they're, you know, focusing on, where they zoom in and out really quick that I don't think worked well in this movie at all. I'll give them credit they're doing different things. Yeah, they're on rollerblades right. and doing all sorts of crazy stuff. All right, so let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage was fully uncaged in this movie. I've never seen a human being's face do what Nicholas Cage's face did in this movie. I thought it was CG half the time. <laughs> he talked. <laughs> he no, it's real. No, it was real. It was all real. It was- <laughs> Stunt face. They get those emotions. I never thought I'd say this, but Nicolas Cage has finally topped Jim Carrey in In Living Color as having the most plastic and outrageous facial expressions. Mm. I've, I never thought I'd be able to see the day where he could actually pull it off, but he did it in this movie. So he should get an award for that, at least. This guy has become a mockery. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's a walking punchline Before this movie, right? Yes I agree, actually I can't take him seriously anymore Nicholas, Cage, I really can't Nicholas Cage has to do these movies He has to He's in debt It's just like What you thought His peak performance could be I mean, he flew right past it in this <laughs> I think they may have invented Some kind of new drug oh, yeah? And given it to him I mean, he's just Completely off the wall In this movie It's like, why is he saying His lines like this? Why is his face doing that? Like, constantly you're thinking that. It seems like self-parody. You know what's interesting? The way he does it, it almost seems like he's having some type of mental collapse. Like, he's he's not sure, like, he, he's not sure what he's supposed to feel, so he's having, like, like, a rainbow of emotions, like, hatred, anger, happiness, sadness, love. Like, they're all there, like, microsecond by microsecond, and it shows on his face in, like, the most amazing way. And you know what the weird thing is? It kind of fits the character. It does. And it's like, once again, this guy, he's going to get away with this. Absolutely. And I wouldn't want it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) He's a criminal. He's going to walk away from this movie totally unscathed. He's He probably is already filming another one. I, I, mean, I, I guarantee you, if you look up Nicolas Cage on IMDb right now, he's in production right now on another film. He's critic proof, right? At this he, point? he really is. Oh, for he, sure. People know what they're getting themselves into. They're like, Nicolas Cage in a wacky genre movie. Let's go, because he's going to be a lunatic, right? And then everyone goes. It's so insane that it's gotten to this level, though. When you <laughs> That he has a niche audience that wants to see him do this. This podcast is... <laughs> Is, is one of those very dedicated <laughs> members of that niche audience. How did it come to this is the question, right? Is that what you're trying to get at? All right, think of raising Arizona. Did you ever mm. think that it would get to this? No, no, absolutely not. The yeah, weather yeah, man. What was the tipping point? Was it Bad Lieutenant? Bad Lieutenant might have been the tipping point. Which, by the way, I recently purchased. Yeah, yeah, yeah you showed me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, what can we say about this guy? It was just like, he's not human anymore. <laughs> He's evolved to something else, something more, something greater. Is Nicolas Cage his own genre at this point? Apparently. I mean, so, some of those like, scenes... Like, now it's like, what kind of movie are, do you want to go see tonight? Let's go see a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's a genre. He, he's he's his own genre of movie now. I mean, you know, it's, the critics are going to kill him for this, but he's entertaining a lot of people doing it this way. And that's the crazy part. Like, he, he's automatic to get you a couple million dollars at, at the movies, right? Yeah, so if I'm investing in a movie and I hear Nick Cage is in it. Sure, I'll, I'll write a check. This is so crazy. Like, does, has this ever happened before? Does this exist? Like, this is the first time ever this has happened, right? <laughs> like, bankable actors are always the best ones. Yeah? It's, it's wild. Oh, I see what you're getting at. Usually, you put a Will Smith in a movie, people want to go see it because he's a good actor, people like him. Yes. But people want to go see this guy because he's a bad actor. Yes. It's the same reason when people go to NASCAR to see the crashes, that kind of mentality. No, no. I actually enjoy seeing what he does on screen. It's like, it's interesting. Here, you know what? It's not good acting, but it's interesting acting. Yes, absolutely. It's completely entertaining. Absolutely. And and that's what you're there at the movies. You're there to be entertained, right? So okay, yeah. I it, mean, it, we, fa- we it fascinates me. I can't figure out what he's doing. We had a lot of befuddled looks when Kevin and I saw it together, and we were just looking at each other through the whole movie, like, what are we watching? There was that, but then there were also those moments where we looked at each other and we were bursting out laughing, <laughs> right? And we're, should we have been laughing? Probably not. That's probably not what we're supposed to be doing. But at the same time, it was fun. I had fun at this movie. I don't care what you guys say. (laughs) 
Okay. Should we even talk about anybody else in this movie? Are they even worthy of discussion? Maybe maybe Idris Elba. That's yeah, uh, go that. Miro. All right, go ahead. I thought that he was okay. He had a French accent for some reason, or French-Canadian accent or something. Well, he's British. Yeah, okay. He's supposed to be... Is he a monk? Yeah, he's supposed to be some kind of monk. I don't know where he's supposed to be. I don't know what accent he was forcing. It was like it was French. Was it? Yeah. They, right. they said it multiple times that he's French. Yeah, he was drinking wine through the entire movie. Like a French, like a French <laughs> stereotype. Remember? He was like... There was like a 2,000-year-old bottle of yes. wine that Jesus had at the Last Supper or something. <laughs> <laughs> look, to me, this guy is always going to be Stringer Bell. I can't look at him and see anyone else. So he's bulletproof for you? Yeah. You can do no wrong? He's pretty decent in this, but again, like, yeah, he's... he's. I thought he was okay. He's got a halo above him for being Stringer Bell. Okay. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> They were in one good role, and they have a free pass for life. I'm talking about this specific movie. How was his acting in it? I thought it was pretty good, actually. I thought that he was okay. He didn't. He didn't really capture a scene. He was a supporting actor. He did what he was supposed to do. He was all right. Yeah. His scenes were were mostly just him and Cage, right? Right. One on one. Can the... you imagine having to go toe to toe with Nick Cage? How intimidating <laughs> was that? Be? <laughs> Can you imagine Tilda Swinton trying to act a scene with Nicolas Cage? It would be almost impossible. Possible. She would turn down that role. She's like, I can't deal with this. No, but like, imagine it was like, and like, oh, by the way, by the way, by the way, I heard a fun fact in this movie that in order to get in the character, Nicolas Cage, he really wanted to become the Ghost Rider. So when they put the mocap dots on his face, he covered his face in like black tar makeup. So his head was like a charred skull. <laughs> and he put like black uh, contact lenses in his eyes. So he's actually trying. So he I really, thought that this he, was just self parody. He really wanted to become this kind of demon character. So imagine having to go toe-to-toe with that. Not only is it Crazy Cage, but he's got... How do you, his makeup on his face and he's dancing around. How do you compose yourself in this situation? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it. Would that be the ultimate challenge of the actor? They would, they would have to take themselves out of that, that scene and imagine him as a flaming skull. Yeah. I think Tilda Swinton wouldn't know what to do because she would start acting and then Nicolas Cage would do whatever he's doing. I don't know if it's... it's is it acting? Do we even know what it is at this yeah, point? Yeah, we need a new name for it. <laughs> it's just an action we've never seen mankind perform. <laughs> okay, so that, that's it, right? We don't need to talk about anybody else in this movie. They're all throwaway one-dimensional people. Yeah, right. yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's get into the very brief history of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. On February 9th, 2007, Marvel producer Avi Arad announced the development of Ghost Rider 2 at a press event. Peter Fonda had also expressed a desire to return as Mephistopheles. In early December 2007, Nicolas Cage also expressed interest to return in the lead role as Ghost Rider. Shortly after, in another interview, he went on further to mention that he would enjoy seeing a darker story, adding, he's not eating jelly beans anymore, he's getting drunk. Cage noted conversations about the story where Ghost Rider may end up in Europe on behalf of the church, having story elements very much in zeitgeist like the Da Vinci Code. Ava Mendez turned down the option to reprise her role, and this movie was not screened for Critics. What a shock. What was Ava Mendes doing? Yeah, it's that's so my question. That she couldn't be in this. Unless that was before they like actually had a script developed. Do you think that they had a script, she read it, and she was like, this is damage control, I'm turning it down. Oh, whatever. This will be a huge payday for her, right? Why not go? She has nothing to lose. I think she's come a long way since she did that first one. Yeah, the other guys. Wow. Hey. <laughs> that's a funny movie. <laughs> 
Okay, so let's get into this. So we also listened to theater. We all took our notes in the dark. And I have what amounts to like a lunatic's <laughs> chicken scratch here. I can barely I can read understand anything. what I wrote. I really can't read it. It was, it was such a dark movie. <laughs> yeah. I remember at one point towards the end, they were like out in the daytime. Yeah. And you could see. Yes. And both of us were like scribbling like men <laughs> to get our thoughts down. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would have been like to do this with 3D glasses on our heads. Impossible. By the way, we all saw this in 2D. Yeah, because the movie, the reason for that's twofold. Dark movies don't look good in 3D. They just don't. The colors come out all muted. And secondly, how are we going to write our notes in the theater with these giant 3D glasses on? Because then we would have been here. We wouldn't have had the 3D glasses to read the notes in 3D. You're right. You're right. They would have been all blurry. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So this movie starts off with a very excitingly, a very exciting opening, or at least the way it's shot is very exciting with yeah. Idris Elba on his motorcycle driving up to this monastery. Mm-hmm. Kevin had completely forgotten. <laughs> totally forgot what happened. <laughs> but now I do. Yeah, that was really exciting. That's the Neville Dean and Taylor touch coming mm-hmm. through. Like, you could tell that they were right behind him on rollerblades and mm-hmm. really getting low with the camera. They're really they're really taking some really cool shots here. I was, imp- I was impressed, at least, with what was going on. Yeah, I mean, this starts off great. Great, yeah. I, um, was, I was excited. I thought that this movie was actually maybe going to be like a sleeper surprise. Yeah, me too. Me mm-hmm. too. Exciting movie that yeah. I might actually enjoy. It yep. really raised the bar high, the way this opening sequence is shot. Mm-hmm. And then we get an animated cutscene of Nicolas Cage doing a little voiceover while all this After Effects I, animation. I hated this so much. It took me <laughs> out of that. I, I, I was just put into this world. They set up the scene for me very well. I knew where I was, where this movie was taking place. And then they so jarringly just completely took me out of it. I agree. I 100% I Agree. And the animation that they used, the drawing style, did not match the tone, tone or no, feeling of this movie in any way. It was cartoonish, like Kitty. Oh, it was. I hated it. Like, the, okay, if this movie was crank, if it was like that level, like that uh-huh. extreme, this would fit. Yeah, this kind of wacky animation would fit. But this, with Ghost Rider Two, is not that insane. It's not that cranked up that high. No. The only thing that's cranked up that high is Nicolas Cage. That's yeah, that's <laughs> it. But the, the movie itself is kind of subdued, sort of. I mean, it takes a very realistic approach to this material, right? Okay. For what it is. You know what's interesting? Do you think Nicolas Cage got together with Taylor and like they sat down and they, they're like, yeah, and I want everything to be, you know, flashing back and forth. And they're like, Nick, we love the way that, that you laugh and freak out. <laughs> it's really, it's really intense. We really could have used you and crank. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk a little more about this animated cutscene. It reminds me of something like you would see in a video game today, like an infamous, you remember that cutscene oh, that we saw yeah. a million times? Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's like a Kill, video, Killer video 7. Game. Yes. It looked like that. Yeah, or like the... I'm going to make a really stupid reference. It looked like the endings in Twisted Metal 2. (laughs) (laughs) So he's telling us what Ghost Rider is, who he is, what he's all about. For the people who refuse to see the first one, he's going to catch us up to speed. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go see this thing. They're going to have no idea what the hell Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider 1 is. So it's essentially, this movie, a reboot. It's kind of like the Hulk, like the Incredible Hulk. Like they just kind of did a little bit of a reboot. A little bit. So there's they're pretty much starting from scratch. Like I predicted before seeing this movie, because I never saw the first one, I said, I'm going to be able to see Ghost Rider 2 and it's not even going to matter what went on in the first one. Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely 
different people behind it, right? So they, they, it's a continuation, but there's no reference or anything to what happened in the first one. How'd you like the anti-piracy stance that was not animation? Where yeah. The, where the was... Ghost Rider was looking around for movie pirates. Yeah, he also had a line in that where he said, no matter what you do, whether it's killing someone or illegally downloading a movie. Yeah, because they're on the same level. The, the rider <laughs> is going to find you and consume your soul? Apparently. Man. This whole thing was just so stupid. <laughs> um, his voiceover was atrocious. <laughs> right? That was some of the worst voiceover I've ever heard. He seemed completely subdued and disinterested giving that voiceover. And then like you finally see him on the screen and it's a completely different person than who's talking in that voiceover. So again, I'm going to reiterate, this cutscene was totally jarring and took me out of the movie immediately and I never got back in. Yeah, alright, so the basic here's the basic plot of this movie. Okay. The devil made a deal with a woman to save her life. In return, she would give birth to his son, essentially the Antichrist, and Idris Elba and his group of monks want to take the boy and hide him away because on the winter equinox or the solstice or whatever the hell, that's when the planets align and the devil can transfer his consciousness into the little boy and become the super devil and take over the world, <laughs> right? That's that's what the plot of this movie is. And Ghost Rider needs to protect the boy and in return, they'll lift his curse and he won't be the Ghost Rider anymore. He'll be just Joe Schmo again. Is that accurate? Yes. Uh-huh. That's, that's the basic plot of this movie. And I'm noticing right now for the first time how similar this is to the movie we just reviewed last night. Constantly. So similar and so different at the same time. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a perfect pairing that we did these two. <laughs> we meet this little boy. He gets kidnapped by these thugs. It's all irrelevant. It doesn't matter. What is important is that we get our first look at the Ghost Rider. It's nighttime. He pops out, shows up. And I was actually really impressed with the way the Ghost Rider looked in this movie. I Me thought too. he looked great. I'm, I'm going to echo that. Mm-hmm. He looked phenomenal. How did he look compared to the first one? Oh, like night and day, man. The first one looked comical. <laughs> it was just that, you know, it was the standard idea of what you would picture the Ghost Rider, right? Like the white skull, yeah. with the flames around it. That looks great drawn in a comic book on a movie screen like it's supposed to be real life. It looks so stupid and cartoonish. This looked real. The, yeah. So the, the bubbles on the jacket. I love that. His The melting Yeah, his leather jacket leather. is like melting and charred. Really cool detail. It's like they took a human skull, doused it in gasoline, and lit it on fire and then yeah. had it start talking like it was a it, it looked great yeah it was all black and charred yeah fantastic that's, that, that's the best what part, it would look like best part of this movie by far is the, is what the Ghost Rider actually looked like which is unfortunate because you only see him like three times I know and they're almost like relying on the phenomenal CG to save this movie mm-hmm. like you're gonna be visually impressed and you'll go see it for that reason yeah. which by the way would you say that everything that's worth seeing in this movie is in the trailer yes you can just watch the trailer and you're gonna get to see the majority of the CG in this movie yeah. I don't think there's anything in this movie that wasn't in the trailer. But they use it all. All of it. Even the ending shot is in the trailer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like when the Ghost Rider first appeared, Nicholas truly uncages himself and he does this really interesting thing where he's just standing still and like swaying back and forth like a puppet, like a marionette or something. I love that. I thought that was a great little touch. What's really interesting about this scene where he tries to stop these people from kidnapping this little boy is that in the first movie, he didn't flat out kill people, mm-hmm. like incinerate them. I mean, he did the Ghost Rider, you know, looking into like their eyes and I guess taking their soul. Yeah. Here he's just literally in turning people to ash. Yeah. Incinerating them. And I guess maybe like the demon is becoming stronger. Like what, what is that supposed to mean? Or is that just they're going a different direction? Why is this movie PG-13? Why do you hire Neville Dean and Taylor, guys that make these extremely violent crank movies and gamer? Why are they making a PG-13 movie? Especially this Marvel Knights crap when that last Punisher was 
R. Why isn't this R? Did that last? What did that last Punisher do in the box office? Well, that's why Marvel Knights exists. It's like their little subsidiary thing, like, you know, B movies. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about money, though. Cash about money, the Benjamins. Cash money millions, right? I'll, I'll say this about the Punisher reboot with Marvel Knights. It was entertaining. I never saw it. It's good. Check it out. Let me ask you guys a question. What are the Ghost Rider's powers? Pop quiz. I got them right here. <laughs> <laughs> he has the off the top of your head. What do you think they are? He has the ability to know what your transgressions or sins are. Yeah, he is able to, I think, put you in a state of trance or hypnosis while he takes your soul. Uh-huh. He can project anything he touches as a fiery molten kind of extension of his body, and then anything he rides also becomes an extension of his fiery demonic power. Okay, his official abilities: superhuman strength and durability, ability to project regular and ethereal flame, ability to travel between interdimensional realms and along any surface, enchanted hellfire <laughs> chain, flaming motorcycle, hellfire shotgun, penance stare, and accelerated yeah. healing factor. I got a lot of problems with these powers here because, you know, you watch a Superman movie, his, this guy's powers are on a sliding scale. In this movie, Ghost Rider's powers are like on a sliding scale in the same scene. So people are shooting him with guns, nothing's happening. Like, who cares? Missiles! <laughs> They were shooting him with, like, gren- like, grenade launchers. I have a huge problem. <laughs> in one scene, he gets shot with a grenade, and that blows him away, and he has to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah. Then, a bunker buster. That is the largest <laughs> conventional explosive ever created. Hits him. Mm-hmm. Multiple it. times, and he just walks right through it. Starts dancing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts tap dancing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell is the point of me watching a movie where the hero is completely indestructible? No one can touch them. If they do touch them, they incinerate. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just, it's dumb. It's a bad idea. Yeah, like, how, this, how do that's you That's not him? interesting to me. You, at least you can kill Superman, right? If you knew what you were doing, you could kill him. Yeah. You could, at least you could say that. This guy's indestructible. Or when the whenever the writer deems him to be indestructible. By the way, written by David S. Goyer, a guy that we're well familiar with. Guy pops up constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this about the Ghost Rider. I did like his God of War chains that he was using to kill people with. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Like, he grabbed them and they Incinerate. Wow. Everything that was directly related to the Ghost Rider. Incinerated, right? Was cool. What about everything indirectly related to the Ghost Rider? Very uncool. What about this Terminator 2 style subplot of him traveling with the mother and the, the boy and it was so boring. <laughs> I was like falling asleep in the movie theater. I, I had my my uh, my arm on the armrest and I had my head resting on my hand. Kevin, you haven't done that since Algebra 2, you know, back in high school. I enjoyed Algebra 2. <laughs> I'll have you know. You know what's weird about this? Algebra 2 is more exciting than Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. No. No, that that's some that's I'm gonna make that argument. <laughs> no, no, no. What's really strange about this is that they had probably had a bunch of fans pulled, and what they wanted to see was the Ghost Rider urinating fire. And so oh. they did a huge amount of fan service by showing that scene not once, but twice. <laughs> I was expecting him to actually piss on somebody and light them on fire. Yes, that been which is what I wanted. Awesome. Like he's pissing out fiery gasoline. Like the way they presented it in the trailer, I thought he was gonna piss on somebody. That's a Neville Dean and Taylor thing to do. Piss fire <laughs> on someone and kill them. But in 
instead, it doesn't really happen. It's just just a little boy imagining it. Bit of a cop out. I Actually, think. it's it's almost like Nicolas Cage imagining it. He's like, oh, it'd probably be like a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, we get another amazing animation sequence where they explain who the devil is and what he's all about. And they're like, oh, the devil takes different forms, which is explains why he's a different person in this movie than he was in the last one. Mm-hmm. Because he has so much power inside of him, it, it burns out his human form. Mm-hmm. And they show us all the different forms that the devil's been in. One of them was Jerry Springer. I hated this. Yeah. Why did they do that? That is not funny at all. That wouldn't have been funny 10 years ago when it was relevant. Yeah, who's Jerry Springer? Like, right? Yeah, like people that are 14 years old seeing this, 15? They don't know. They don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> Why are they changing who the antagonist in this movie is? It wasn't the devil in the first one, and it wasn't. it's not the devil in the comics. It's, it's Mephisto. It's not the devil in this movie either. It's that other guy. It's not It's not Mephisto. The villain in this movie is Rourke. No, it's, 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 it's his underling, because I'm going to make the argument that the devil in this movie is a joke. He's powerless. Yeah. He's no Constantine devil. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no, he's absolutely not. <laughs> But he doesn't all, do anything. He's just all, a in, all, in, in all fairness, who is a Constantine devil? Yeah, yeah no, it's a tough act to follow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't watch Constantine right before seeing Ghost Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they straying from who the antagonist in the first movie is and from who it is in the comic series? It's Mephisto. <laughs> Mephisto is not the devil. They're up in the ante. It's the sequel. It's got to be bigger. Yeah, better. right. Sure. Bigger, I, better things? I I kind of liked the that whole explanation of the devil needing a different body and okay. him saying it's like a... He's a, a flamethrower. A flamethrower made out of paper mache. That that was pretty cool, actually. All right. I accept that. This whole idea that he needs this specific day and time to transport his essence into this little boy. That lost me. It's the devil. Yeah. Why does this matter? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a question I ask all the time in movies like this, right? He's the devil, right? He's he's super powerful. If he put himself in this human form, why can't he just, did he need a specific day and time for that? Why can't he just put himself in another human form? Couldn't people make the argument that save God isn't the devil second Oh powerful? yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Well, I think the argument being made here is that just like Jesus was God incarnate, that's what this little boy is. He's the devil yeah. incarnate. That's why he needs him specifically. Right. As opposed to just any other random kid. Okay, fine, fine. That argument is fine, but I'm going back to why does he need this day? He's like right below God who is omnipotent, omnipresent, everything. This idea that there needs to be the ceremony on a specific day, like why does that matter? Because <laughs> the devil's vain. That's true. That pa- pageantry. Yeah, that actually is true, yeah. I guess. But no, I agree with you, Kevin. He can just do it anytime, right? Anytime he wants. This is created to have a story. A showdown at the end. Yeah, that, that's all this is for, is to add drama to it. It's so artificial. Here's my question. So all this is going on. Where's God during all this? Where are the angels, right? I ask that question every morning when I wake up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he must know that this is going on, right? Right. Well, if he's God and all-powerful, all-knowing, he knows the Ghost Rider will stop it. He, uh, he's, okay. He sent the Ghost Rider. Uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, I guess. I mean, I don't know. We've come a long way from Legion. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) After he's traveling with the mother and son across, I guess, like a wasteland kind of area, they get to, what is it, like rocks and caves and... Oh, yeah, yeah, like the Adobe Village where, like, like, the monks... I thought that they were in Europe. I got the impression they were in, like, Turkey or something like that. Okay, okay, so then then why is this, like, a Native American... They have stuff like that there. Do they? Yeah, 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 they do. Oh, man, I guess I'm not... What a fool. I'm, I'm just... Guess I'm just not that cosmopolitan. What a chump. <laughs> so when they get to the the monk 
next camp, they run into none other than Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Yes. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Triumphant return to Yes, that bad. My warriors from Outlaw. <laughs> Joel was like squirming in his movie scene. He just wanted to scream out loud at the whole theater. <laughs> oh man, I was so happy to see him. I'm like, what is he doing here? He he shows up in this movie and he's covered in all these stupid tattoos all over his face. Mm-hmm. What kind of a career move is this? <laughs> oh man, I was happy to have him. Like there he is. So what ends up happening here is Christopher Lambert takes the boy. They say, "Oh, we're just gonna put him aside until the solstice or whatever is has over, passed, and they can't." And then the boy's power will dissipate or whatever, because then the devil won't be able to get him after this specific date, mm-hmm. right? So it just Elba takes Nicholas Cage to the side. They, they throw him in this magic antechamber or whatever, and it <laughs> sucks the demon out of him like a vacuum in this absurd sequence, right? Like it sucks it out of him. And now he's free. He's he's ghost riderless. He's just a stupid chump now, right? He's just an idiot Joe Schmo. This whole part was just... Uh, it was, they're just following these movie cliches of like, now the guy needs to lose his power. How are we going to do this? They come up with this, this BS chamber he goes into. Yeah. Like, what the hell happened here? You know what's interesting? <laughs> Uh, you know what's really interesting? That chamber exists, okay? That means that this has happened before. <laughs> <laughs> think that's about a, that. Think, that. That's think a good that. point. That's yeah. a good point. How they, often does this happen? They didn't just build it on a whim, right? <laughs> no, they no. They needed it for a reason. They needed it for a reason, and they know how to use it, which mm-hmm. means that they use it all the time. Okay, if the monks did a ritual to banish the demon... I'd be I'd be okay with that. I w- yeah. Yeah. Perfect. That's fine. Uh-huh. Instead, he goes into this stupid room with windows, <laughs> and, and then... <laughs> It gets all white, and then the demon gets sucked out of his mouth, like the haunting in Connecticut, like the exoplasm comes out. Garbage, BS. I gotta, I gotta admit, you know, I'm gonna admit. I think 30 minutes into this movie, I was wishing that it was over. I was like, I wish that it was over so I can go home and do some work. But, you know, this is the time in the movie where we come to find out that, uh-oh, double cross. They should have gotten Sean Bean to be the, the monk. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled a quick double cross and they said that, you know what? This little boy, he's never going to be powerless. He's always going to have this demon within him. We got to kill him. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, yeah. good idea. Uh-huh, 100%. Slaughter that kid. Yes. Obliterate him. Uh-huh. Right? Smash his head with a rock. Do whatever <laughs> he got to do. I don't care. Do it. Good idea. He's the son of Satan. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. He is the Antichrist. His existence threatens all mankind. Threatens all existence, existence in the universe. Oh yeah, we need to keep him around. <laughs> what? <laughs> how is this a plot? <laughs> and the whole time Nicolas Cage is talking about how he wants to be a good guy. He he struggles with his inner demon. Like he tries to do meditation to keep the demon at bay or whatever, right? How could he, regardless of the fact that, yeah, okay, it's a woman's child, right? And the mom is there. It's her child. They're going to kill her, her child. Whatever. You made a deal with the devil. It's not really your child. He just, it was created by dark magic. It's not like you had sex with a real guy. This is, this thing exists for one purpose and one purpose only. It's to bring about the end of the world. Yeah. To hell with you. Kill the kid and kill the mom and move <laughs> on. You make a deal with the devil. That's it. All bets are off, right? There's no yeah. redemption for you. You're done. Yeah. Look, the mother made a deal with Satan and I'm supposed to feel bad for her? And then I'm supposed to feel bad for Satan's son? <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm so, oh no, Lucifer's in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. 
That whole time, I was like, this is absurdity. Like, just get it over. Kill him. <laughs> I would have sort of been cheered. I'm like, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, if Constantine was here, he would have... Oh, he would have just took out his cross shotgun and dragons would just blew him away, blew both of them away. And would have smoked a cigarette, put it in Nicholas Cage's face, <laughs> and put it out of his face and walked out of the cave. By the way, we've come this far. We didn't even mention who I think is the true villain in this movie. So the guy who's in charge of capturing the little boy in the first place, he used to be the ex-boyfriend of the mom, and he was hired by the devil to find the kid. Eventually, the ghost rider kills this guy, and Satan resurrects him and turns him into this, like, decay man. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Decomposing he, fart man. Like, he touches things. He, that, I, I was going to say that he looks like garbage man. He popped out of a landfill. He does. He looks like a bunch of refuse. Like, somebody's garbage bag broke open in the middle of the street after a windstorm, and then a man came out of that garbage bag just covered in banana peels. and. <laughs> 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 Anything that guy touches rots away. That's mm-hmm. alive. How can you live and laugh and love <laughs> with a power like that, right? Yeah, he's got the exact opposite of the Midas touch, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's real dolls for him from now <laughs> yeah. on, right? Yeah, no, they would just decay. And yeah, he tries to eat a sandwich. It rots to a putrid goo. He eats a, an apple and it rots away. Then he eats a Twinkie. Twinkie and nothing happens. Nothing happens. Well, he didn't touch the Twinkie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the plastic still. Will no, you? the joke was that the Twinkie is... Yeah, indestructible. No, no, I know, but they failed. <laughs> he should have touched the Twinkie. He never actually touched it. Yeah, you're right. He should have held it in his hands yeah. and nothing happened to him. Yeah, he, he, should, he should have held it like a magic trick, showed the audience yeah. like, touching <laughs> it. In 3D. <laughs> he shows that he's sliding his hand across it. They keep trying with these jokes. <laughs> None of them work. None of them even close okay, okay, to working. Okay, okay, okay. So there was there was absolutely comedic relief in this movie. Did any of it land, guys? No. Was did, did you guys find any of the of the jokes funny? No. A, a better question: Was this Twinkie joke a scathing indictment of our American nutritional system, the obesity epidemic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're really they're really sending a message here about obesity in America. That, that was the whole point of this movie: is a public service announcement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a step. It's a PS. And at the end of it, <laughs> this is your brain on drugs at the end of the movie. You know, we, we completely skipped over, like, the coolest scene in this movie, I think, which was when Nicolas Cage was in the construction site and, and like, that giant construction piece of equipment went on fire. That's pretty sweet, right? I, I didn't really... It was all right. Marti- My favorite part, which we skipped, was him going to the club. Oh! We, we gotta talk about that. We absolutely <laughs> oh, wait, gotta talk wait, about wait, that. Yeah, yeah, we skipped that because you're like, what about the Terminator 2 when they're traveling? That's after the club. Yeah. Okay, so Nicolas Cage enters into, I guess, it's a year... European, Eastern European club. I've never been to one. It's very Babylon AD. You're right. It actually <laughs> is. I, I, I didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is like literally they stole it. <laughs> It's like, it's it was stock like, footage from that no, movie. No, it's literally like Vin Diesel is there in the background. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so they're they're in the Babylon AD club. You know, there's a cage in the middle and they're fighting. Yeah. Nicholas Cage finds someone who is associated with the boy's kidnapping, pins him against a wall, and starts what I think is an interrogation. What he does is he tries to explain that the Ghost Rider, the demon, is going to come out, and he's trying really hard to control it. But what he's not trying to control is his face. <laughs> this scene is unbelievable. 
the things he says are just un- I don't get it. Like it's just crazy. This is it. The this is the most uncaged cage scene. Oh, absolutely, movie, right? this is the absolutely. most uncaged cage I've ever seen. His tonality in his voice ranges in octaves that I think only certain mammals can hear. <laughs> and the way his face moves looks like the animation of Clayface as he's falling into water and dissolves. Okay, it is unbelievable. I have this much to say. The theater that I was in was full of people, and everyone laughed at this scene. And I don't think that this scene was meant to be funny. I think we, Joel and I, were the only two laughing in our theater. Yeah, I don't think anybody got it. They're like, "What is? What is going on?" <laughs> I have never seen a depiction of a crazy person like this before. I mean, this is the craziest person I've ever seen in my life. And the whole time he's he's like transforming into the Ghost Rider. Yeah, well, he's like his him. his eye will get like sucked into his skull. It was insane. Kevin, Kevin, could you tell where the CG started and Nicolas Cage ended? No, you really what is, can't. What does that mean? I don't. I've been trying to figure know. this out. I've been mulling this over in my head for a week now. I can't figure out what that means about Nicolas Cage's face. That's that's yeah. Wow. It, it, like, this is a seamless. bad movie. This is a very bad movie. But if you love Crazy Cage, you see it for this scene, right? This is what you go for. Oh, you see yeah. it for this scene, and there's another scene like right after where he's right. riding his motorcycle, oh, and like gosh. the camera is right in his face, and he's like, <laughs> his face is just spazzing out like a lunatic. Camera's spinning around wildly. I'm like getting nauseous. Like, oh. That's the Neville Dean and Taylor touch you come for, right? Right then and there. You can't eat an hour before seeing that scene. <laughs> the facial expressions that he makes while he's riding his motorcycle in the scene right after this are similar to facial expressions that are made in old Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah. Or, or you know, you know what's even better? They're similar to like facial expressions that are made in Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, that's... That's not even physically possible, yet Nicholas Cage pulls it off somehow. It, it's wild, man. It, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to recommend anyone actually go to the theater to see this. When this is on DVD or TV, like... Check it out. Check this scene out, man. It's something else. It'll be on YouTube eventually, so just see it there. <laughs> you know what? People that like B-movies, like, it's so bad, it's good. This movie is is definitely, I think, on the list for, for those people. Yeah, I, I think so. There, yeah, are, there, there are And there are a few key scenes that really put it in there, like, hammer it in hard. Like, the motorcycle scene, mm-hmm. the club scene. It's almost like they were going for that, like, they were aiming... For, to make that kind of a movie. Right. But then the rest of the movie doesn't fit in properly. No. It's an actual story. Yeah. What's the over-under on uh, Razzie nominations for this piece? Whoa. <laughs> How many Kids' Choice Awards are you getting? <laughs> Do you think they're going to get an MTV Movie Awards? Best Kiss? <laughs> Best Hissy Fit. Teen Choice Awards. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> going to create its own award. Like, Best Freak Out. Nicolas Cage. The only nominee. Well, so the decaying man, he catches up with Christopher Lambert. He kills everybody. Yeah, he kills he all the monks. the boy. Brings the boy back to the devil. And they have their huge ceremony for when the devil is going to take over. You know, they make a big point about saying that all the most popular, famous, powerful people in the world are here Mm -hmm. because they're all followers of the devil. This would have been a good opportunity to have like actual actors in there, right? Like as a joke, like actual like people from that were in like, like Jason Statham would be there and, you know, Neville Dean and Taylor. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. At this point, Nicolas Cage lost the Ghost Rider. He's just a guy and he's going to go toe to toe with the devil. This is Get the hell out of here. Yeah. I I was like, what is happening here? This is so dumb. They're going to storm this mansion with all these armed guards and everything. You're just a stupid guy. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. You, you know, he's a motorcycle rider, right? He's like a stunt rider. Yeah. He's not even on a motorcycle. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I can see that argument, but at the same time, like, this devil's not powerful. He's not. Like, what's so scary about going up against him? The kid is powerful, though. Yeah, but you haven't seen it, right? There's nothing for Nicolas Cage to fear. They have some guns to take out whatever guards are there. I think that's enough for Nicolas Cage to fear. If he gets shot by one bullet, he dies. Whatever, good riddance. (laughs) (laughs) I see your argument, Joel. Like, how are you going to go up against the devil? But this guy's not the, it's not the devil that you, you come to know and love. <laughs> All right, fine. Take the devil out of the equation. He's going against a armed, a small militia. Even still. Well, but you guys are forgetting that the mother turned out to be a, sh- a sniper. Yeah, crack a, shot. A sharpshooter oh, from the bushes. <laughs> she was like one shot killing everyone yes, on, yeah, yeah. on guard. Her yes. mo- yeah, the mother's sniper wolf, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, she, she fell in love with her victims. Oh, uh, could love bloom on the battlefield. Yeah, we're finding that out. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh we yeah. forgot to mention that they have all these guns because the monks have a armory? gun vault? They have an armory. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the monks have an armory. That makes sense, right? Sure, sure. Well, Wine wait, 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 wait. Well, wasn't this entire sect created for the sole purpose of keeping the Antichrist away from Satan? Was it? Yeah. Well, they didn't do a good job. Yeah, then what did they do? They should have been out in the field for doing them, stuff. For them, having an, for them to have an armory kind of makes sense at that point. I agree. If they were out there protecting the kid, they were just sitting there waiting. Yeah, okay, you know, if they really existed, let's say there really was like a sect whose sole mission for existing was to stop the Antichrist, such a sect would be thousands of years old, right? Probably oh, dating yeah. all the way back from the start. They would be ruthless, right? They'd have people all around the world uh-huh. constantly looking. They would kill anybody, anybody who got in their way. And that would have been the movie, right? Like them coming after the kid trying to kill him. Oh, I really want to see that movie. Ah, yeah, that, that movie that sounds, sounds good, awesome. Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright that. Yeah, yeah you got it, you got it. <laughs> Let's go see that movie. Sounds awesome. But Except- no, it's, instead we get this dumb plot where the except they already did that and it's called Jumper no it started Arnold Schwarzenegger end of days end of days that movie already was made end of days meets Jumper equals my movie (laughs) that sounds perfect (laughs) all this culminates with the little boy he comes to realize that he has all of Satan's powers why the devil would grant this little kid all his powers I don't know that seems like a risky move but he did it anyway Mm -hmm. he gave this little kid all his powers and so just like the devil gave Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider powers the little boy gives Nicolas Cage back his Ghost Rider powers by vomiting fire into his mouth. (sighs) Haunting in Connecticut all over again. A flamethrower out of his mouth. And yet again, the Ghost Rider comes back. At this point, I don't care anymore. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, so the the, the Ghost Rider goes after the devil and he beats him. Hey, let's talk about his powers. Is he he basically like the Hulk in this movie? Yes. Like, I've never understood his powers. Like, I thought he became the Ghost Rider like at night, almost like he was like... A werewolf? A werewolf. Yeah, that's actually how I understand his powers. But in this one, it was like, it seemed like he was the Hulk. Like, he had to keep his emotions in check, which, you know, he does a bad job of, so the Ghost Rider comes out often. I thought it was because whenever he was in the presence of evil, he turned into the rider. I thought he said that. The most terrifying... It doesn't make any sense because he's standing next to the Antichrist the whole movie. Yeah. The most terrifying thing would be to actually give Nicolas Cage go, like the Ghost Rider powers where he has to be calm. Oh my gosh. would <laughs> <laughs> just be the Ghost Rider nonstop. Yeah, I mean, it, it was weird for me to see him driving around like as the Ghost Rider in the middle of the day. That's true. At the end of the movie, he's the Ghost Rider. That seemed weird daytime. to me. Yeah, you're right. That's a good I, was, point. I was just kind of confused about what his, what his powers were and how his At works. this point, they don't care anymore, right? No, they, they don't. They just don't care anymore. They just want to do one last cool action scene. And they have this kind of chase with cars and motorcycles and trucks flipping over, which I admit was kind of cool. I kind of wish this sequence was earlier in the movie mm-hmm. so we wouldn't have lost interest immediately. Mm-hmm. 
It was well done. It was cool. That shot in the trailer when he throws that guy up with the chain and slams him down to earth. Yep. Apparently, it's the devil. That's the end of the movie. Yep. It's in the trailer. Like, uh-huh. He grabs the devil, throws him in the air, and then slams him back through the earth's core, back to hell, where he's ultra powerful, the source of his powers. What? That's how you defeat the devil? Shouldn't you throw him, like, into heaven? <laughs> I mean, like, he he has these interdimensional powers, right? Can't he just teleport him to heaven and he would be finally destroyed? Hey, okay, here's another thing. <laughs> right, here's another thing. Okay, okay. Satan is the top of the hierarchy. Can we get that right? As far as demons and oh, yeah. angels go, yeah. he's the top of the hierarchy. He was yeah. a really powerful guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right? See, he's the king of hell, and he's the one in charge of all the demons, right? This angel turned demon that, he, that becomes the ghost rider. He's in charge of it, right? Like, he summoned it into Nicolas Cage. He right. controls it. Right. He's the source of its power. Yes. Why in any way, shape, or form would it be able to defeat him? It can't. <laughs> can't. <laughs> I mean, from, from minute one, the devil should have been able to just stop him. Yes, he created him. End of story. I mean, he, Ghost Rider exists, right, to send... Don't they kind of insinuate that Satan can kind of nullify his powers? Because whenever the Ghost Rider is around the little boy, he, like, kind of goes out. He does. Yes. Why did he do that? <laughs> I'm just saying, I... Wow. (laughs) So the way to beat the devil is to send him back to hell. I would assume that the moment that the devil went into hell, he would just burst back out in his true form and just gone nuts. So I think we have to operate on an assumption he can't exist on the human plane. Unless he's in human form. Unless he's in human form. Okay. Wouldn't it be like a Matrix situation where he could just take over the next guy's body? It's right there. The kid. Yeah. (laughs) Wow, Kevin is so agitated. (laughs) This movie is the definition of style over substance. Oh, 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 oh. One, one last uh, stupid thing I want to mention here. They, they tossed a Wilhelm scream during this action scene, which yes, I was did. not happy about. <laughs> Stop, Hollywood. Enough. Stop doing this. It's not funny. It's not interesting. It's like in every one of these Yes, That Bad movies, like Tron Legacy had it, this had it. Stop. Enough. That's Ghost Rider's Spirit of Vengeance, right? Yeah. The end. Oh, by the way, did you realize that at the end of this movie, the little Antichrist kid was killed? He died, apparently, in a car crash? Yes. Yeah, earlier in the movie, when he broke his leg, it healed in like five seconds. So can he be killed? (laughs) Who cares? <laughs> We're done. All right, that's it. Wrap this up. <laughs> the end. Let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie. This is a boring movie. The over-the-top <laughs> outlandishness can't disguise that the whole 95 minutes represents one big snooze fest. James Berardinelli, real views. Guy's a saint. Well done, James. Whether Cage is still paying off castles, appeasing the IRS, or rebuilding his comic book collection, it's clear he's decided, for now, to trade his talent for cold, hard cash. Elizabeth Weitzman, New York Daily News. And finally, ordinarily, I'd be into the idea of seeing Nicolas Cage's face burn... But alas, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance is not a documentary. Kyle Smith, New York Post. Whoa! Whoa. That is unbelievable! That's the darkest comment I've ever seen in a movie review. (laughs) So wait, wait. He wants to see Nicolas Cage burn to death. He wants wants Nicolas Cage dead? He wants to see the Wicker Man, (laughs) essentially. (laughs) Live action. I can't believe that they would... 
I can't believe they didn't print that though. <laughs> I know it's it's shocking. It's surprising. Yes, it's, it's the post. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, this movie currently holds a 14 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? Yes, it is. It, it's 14 percent, but it has so many B movie sensibilities that if you like it so bad, it's good. Wait for it to come out on DVD or you know watch some scenes on YouTube. It is hilarious, and I'm gonna give it a one out of five with the caveat that if you want to show some of your friends some pretty hilarious Nicolas Cage, show them only those scenes. Yeah, it's definitely that bad. This is is a terrible movie. Um, (laughs) It has a lot of unintentionally funny moments. There's some crazy Cage, which is definitely worth seeing, I think. But there's also just a lot of boring stuff in this movie that we just kind of skipped over. I mean, we skipped over... 90 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, 90 of the 95 minutes. (laughs) There's just a lot of, of really boring stuff that really could put you to sleep. I definitely wouldn't recommend anyone going to see this in the theaters at all. I think if you've got a a group of people together and you want to see something crazy, then rent this and just, you know, skip around. And and just just look for the scenes of Cage being crazy and watch those. I'm back and forth between one and two on this. I think I'm going to give it a two just because there is an audience for this. There are people that want to see this. And for them, this is going to be just just good. It's going to be good for them. Okay, as for me, it's really that bad. Yep, it's that bad. This is not a good movie. Not at all. Only reason I saw this movie was for the directors, for Neville Dean and Taylor, because I genuinely want to support these guys. I think they're doing interesting stuff and I want to see what they come up with next. They need to just stick to their own material because they make cool stuff on their own. They're definitely hamstrung by having a Marvel property. I'm sure they were being clamped down. They wouldn't let them do what they actually wanted. Yeah, all the crazy stuff they they probably would have done if this could have been R or whatever. So yeah, I'm going to go with a two out of five because there are some cool things in this. Like the Ghost Rider himself looks awesome. In fact, I forgot to mention this, but uh, when we were watching this movie, Kevin, there were three girls sitting behind me and during the scene where Nicolas Cage pisses fire, all three of them got up in disgust and left. Yeah. That's worth a star right there, right? (laughs) So yeah, two out of five. If you love Crazy Cage, see it on DVD. But yeah, you probably don't want to pay money to see this in the theaters. (laughs) You may not not be happy. Especially don't see it in 3D. Don't be fooled. This is a post-conversion movie. Mm. Don't waste your time. Okay, so that's it. All right. Thanks you for listening to this bonus episode of Yes That Bad. Tell your friends, you know, help spread the word of this thing. Of this thing? Yeah, this thing we've built here. Help spread the word of the show. Tell all your friends. Click the like button. Again, start a new profile on Facebook and click the like button. (laughs) Again. Yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow the show on Yeah, It's Bad. You can follow Martin at Yeah, It's Martin. You can follow Kevin at Yeah, It's Kev. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. You can listen to the show on your non-iPhone or Zoom devices via Stitcher at Stitcher.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Satan is number one. This demon that controls... I, I actually have that. that. I, I actually have that on my coffee mug. Satan is number one. <laughs> hey, Satan number one, Roller Rager. <laughs> I see a t-shirt design coming. <laughs> Satan is number one. <laughs> well, he, he's the king of the hill down there. So he, 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 <laughs> is he Hank Hill? Yeah, he is. <laughs> secretly. <laughs>